0: Have you ever been cautious of every word you say, whether it's at school, work, or even in your own home? Then this is the episode for you. We're gonna be talking about code switching. The world is filled with a lot of opinions.
1: And most of them seems to be based on agendas.
0: Yeah, no shit. It's either left versus right. And
1: right versus wrong.
0: What if we cut the bullshit?
1: And finally say what needs to be said.
0: Ryan Little. Hi, guys. I'm Anna.
1: And I'm JJ.
0: And you are listening to The Habitual Truth,
1: a podcast inspired by speaking up and speaking out.
0: We're sitting down to talk to you about life, love, and how to kill it.
1: Because when you speak the truth, it becomes habitual. Hi, guys just to let you all know, the audio quality might sound a little different. Apologies yeah. for that. It's just, we are in COVID time, or maybe that's not the best way to say it. Quarantine time, we're in quarantine time. So we had to find a way to get these episodes out to you because we miss ya.
0: Greetings from quarantine land. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm from Georgia. I was born and raised in the deep South. Um, when I moved from Georgia to New York, I used to say y'all almost in every other sentence. And every time I would use y'all, everyone around me would say, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all. Like, it's, you're from the South, I'm going to point it out, you're so different, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm sure that they didn't mean it in a bad way. They meant it in a friendly way. I, I think they like me. I like them. Maybe they didn't, who knows. Except they would always mention it. I had to work to make sure that y'all was erased from my vernacular. Except so that's one way that we edit ourselves to be able to speak differently that fits within our environment. That is an example of code switching. Code switching by definition, it is what happens when people alternate between two different languages within the same phrases or sentences. Now, since the term code switching was first introduced in 1954, it has expanded to include what happens when people subtly change how people express themselves. This includes how we speak, how we act, and even how we dress. A study among 2,000 Americans examining the art of first impressions found that seven out of 10 Americans form a first impression of somebody before they even speak. So we recognize that code switching has been an art form that's been necessary in many different environments. The question is, at what expense? At what expense do we allow code switching to exist and how does it really hurt other people?
0: So I was doing a little Googling. I was looking for customs that are common within the Chinese business culture. So it's so interesting that these are just a few of the ways that they expect for you to present yourself in a business meeting the way you dress, the way that you stay composed and poised, the way that you introduce yourself formally, and it sounds so simple. It's things that we should probably do in day-to-day life anyway. I know that when we have interviews at work, we expect them to dress a certain way. We expect them to show up on time and early even.
1: I think it's really interesting about what you shared about Chinese customs. And you know, I think it's the right thing to do. When we think about going into a different person's uh, environment and saying, you know what, I'm going to your country. I know that I want to work with you. So I'm going to respect your culture. And I'm going to go and start to adopt some of these behaviors that's going to make sure that you feel respected. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. We do that a lot in our world, in our within our own country, where we say, hey, you know what? I understand that I'm going on to your turf. I'm going to your business. I'm going to your home. And I'm going to re- show you respect based on the cultural behaviors that you're used to. And then th- there comes to a point where it's like, well, when does America and our nation become our home? When does it become OK that we can take off the veils and take off the business suit and say, you know what, I can relax in my pajamas and be who I am.
0: When I think of what America is, I think of, a, of a, such a huge melting pot that we're so diverse that we've lost track of how to respect those cultures and embrace them. I mean, we're so quick to do something as ignorant. I want to eat Mexican food tonight. I want to eat Chinese food tonight. I want to eat Italian food tonight. But mm. then we're saying ignorant things on the other side of it. Like, I don't want this this you know this person to live on my street that is from any one of these particular backgrounds. I don't want to oh, speak to right. this person. I don't want to work with this person. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to engage in any personal way with these people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That
0: yeah. I. T- I take part in their culture but I don't want them to take part in my
1: Ah, state. It's like at 7pm at night we can go and call up the Indian restaurant and say hey I want some of that tandoori chicken and then the next second if we have an Indian neighbor knock on our door we're like oh what do you want? This feels uncomfortable and maybe even scary and I don't need this right now. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Yes. I, I I totally agree. It's that we're, we're rapidly becoming more diversified as a nation when it comes to racial backgrounds, religious backgrounds, every background. Like we're becoming more diverse every day and that's not gonna stop. Except it seems like our mindset as Americans has not caught up with that. Our mindset is not diversified enough to handle it. And that's, probably, that's possibly why we're going through so much turmoil right now. And speaking about our current state of our nation right now, You know, it's a person's behavior which indicates whether or not they have learned the language of effective code switching, right? Their ability to code switch effectively within a school environment or even a professional and romantic one will determine their success. It seems like every day we learn more and more that a person's inability of code switching could possibly also mean the difference between life or death. There
0: was a recent incident in Boston.
1: Black Harvard scholar, Henry Louis Gates Jr. leading African-American scholar. The scholar was eventually arrested. By a neighbor who said she saw two black men breaking in. Arrested for breaking into his own home. Heated national debate on racial profiling. Pure racial profiling. On July 16th, 2009, Harvard University professor, Henry Louis Gates was arrested. A police officer, Sergeant James Crowley, was responding to a 911 caller's report of men breaking into a residence.
0: They kind of had a barge in and they broke the screen door and they finally got in. When
1: Henry Gates to look, returned home to his down, Cambridge home a after, after a trip to China.
0: Out, I noticed two suitcases, so I'm not sure if these are two individuals who actually work there, I mean, who live
1: there. You think they might have been breaking? Sometimes, I don't know. Gates found the front door to his home jammed shut and with the help of his driver, tried to force it open. So, Gates was arrested by the responding officer.
0: Uh, gentleman says he resides here, uh, we're not cooperative, but uh, keep the cars coming.
1: And charged with disorderly conduct. On July 21st, the charge against Gates was dropped. Now, the arrest generated a national debate about whether or not it represented an example of racial profiling by police. I'm outraged. I shouldn't have been treated this way, but it makes me so... Keenly aware of how many people every day experience uh, abuses in the criminal justice system. Because Henry Louis Gates was an African-American. This is not about me. This really is about justice for the least among us. So unfortunately, this story is not new. We've heard situations like this more than once. And unfortunately, the story ends with tragic results. We're learning new details about the night a former Dallas police officer shot and killed her neighbor in his home. She says she entered his apartment, mistaking it for her own. Fatally shooting 26-year-old Botham Jean. 26-year-old Botham Jean. Barely had any time to stand up.
0: She came home after a 13-hour workday and was trying to enter her key into the doorway and realized that the door was open. So she felt that someone, she had the impression that someone had broken into her apartment and was now in her apartment. So she drew her gun. She walked into the apartment. She noticed there was the man there. And she proceeded after just a few seconds to shoot. She fired two shots at him. One of them struck him in the chest and killed him. Turns out Amber Geiger who had entered the wrong apartment? It was on the completely wrong floor, actually. Uh, so, sorry, I'm just getting no, mad that was good. about it over again. Yeah. She did call 911, and according to her testimony and that of that information provided by her lawyers, she did try to keep him alive for as long as possible. Clearly, she did not, not succeed, as he died. You know, a lot of people, and I had to pause there, because a lot of people argued, you know, she's a police officer, she's been trained to go into that crisis mode. She has been, she had a 13 hour workday. She was probably confused, she was tired, she was distracted by the text messages that were going on with someone that she was in a relationship from the same department um, that were of of a sexually explicit nature. So she was distracted in more ways than one. I hate myself every single day. I feel like I don't deserve a chance to be with my family and friends. <laughs> I wish he was the one with the gun that killed
1: me. We're talking about a situation that at its very core should not have happened. You know, it's easy to understand and say, you're in your house. You have the right to be in your house. And you don't, you don't have to worry about me killing you is that we've heard experiences, not only within Botham Jean's situation, we're talking about only a few months ago, we've heard about people being killed in their home. So what happens when that person steps outside their home and just walks the street? What happens when all these other circumstances exist? Is everything fair game? Can anybody be shot at any time? Especially if you don't look and sound like the majority. You know, we talk about code switching as if it's an important part of our everyday life. And hey, sometimes it can be, sometimes it is. It's something to be said about, to what expense? We can't expect people to lay their lives on the line to code switch. We can't say to ourselves that we have the responsibility and we have the authority to say, if you don't code switch, you can pay for your life. Maybe the conversation should be, let me understand this culture that is different from me. What if the majority starts to really understand the minorities more often like to your point we're a country that's more diversified and if we took every minority and put them into a group it's quite possible that that is the true majority diversification is the majority so we have to become more open and exist within that mindset to understand differences more than we expect people to act like ourselves
0: do i think that we know that power and we understand that power that we're creating and is there for us to take, no, I don't think that enough of us are educated about the issues and the power that we have.
1: Um, So how can we do that? How can we accept more people? How can we say, you know what, let me be open to the diversity that exists so that way we can not only feel safe within our nation, Also, that we can benefit from the diversity. So there are four ways to be able to make change. First, be self-aware. So this is a time where we work out our own beliefs, our own values, and our own biases. We take the time to do some internal work to understand ourselves and then what ramifications that could have on other people. Also, it's to understand, wait, our values and our beliefs that we really have do align with others. We see so much, we see so many people fighting out there and they're fighting each other, except they're all fighting each other for the same belief. We all believe essentially the same things, except because we're so caught up in arguing and just trying to be heard, we don't even notice that. One person from the Midwest could say, I believe in family. And then another person on the East Coast says the same thing, I believe in family. Except because we're so caught up in believing that we're all against each other, and we all are racist, or we're all liberal, liberal, or we all want people to lose their jobs because we want to give it to someone who's immigrated to the country within the last ten years, we, we're, because we're so set in those beliefs that we don't recognize that at the core we just want to take care of our families, and if we could just take a second, maybe we'll start to really open up our perspective that that person. In the Midwest, and that person on the East Coast are more like us than they are different.
0: I think self awareness is obviously very important, but I think education is a huge part of that self awareness. So, educating Mm. yourself about other cultures, about your own culture, because I know there are things about my culture that I am not as well informed as I should be. Um, And being, again, being educated and informed about other cultures, other people how to be able to interact with other cultures and other people because that that is half of the battle, the way we interact and the way we understand each other.
1: That's step number two. Step number two, talk to someone from a different cultural background. So how do we truly accept other people's differences and their cultural backgrounds if we don't even know them? So taking a moment to say, hey, you know what? That person's different. I'm gonna go and talk to them. I'm going to go and have a deeper conversation than how are you doing? Have a good day. Goodbye. Like take a moment to really understand what their lives are like. And I'm not saying, Hey, go up to them and say, Hey, tell me why you wear that. Hey, you know what? Um, What's different about your family? That's not normal. Like that's not the questions to ask. You don't have to ask that question to really understand that person. When you I think it's important to, when you talk to someone from a different cultural background, it's important to speak to them like you speak to your other friends. Because that's the thing that differentiates how we have conversations with people who are very different from us. Sometimes we're not as interested in finding out what kind of TV shows have you picked from Netflix? Because rightfully so, it may not be similar to what we like. And it will teach us a lot more. I remember being in school, on a college campus, and I remember walking to the courtyard during break time, even though I attended college within an urban landscape with a lot of diversity, I could see white groups, I could see Black groups, I could see Asian groups, I could see Middle Eastern groups, and everybody else just in groups. And it was so obvious, and they were all within the space of 250 square foot. And and it just always dumped on me that People didn't notice that this was a phenomenon that continues to happen. No matter how diverse our environment is, our America is diverse, and yet we segregate. Our cities are diverse, and yet we segregate. Step number three, do not stereotype. Do not stereotype. So what does stereotyping mean? One person or even 100 people looking the same or acting the same cannot be generalized across an entire group. How would you feel if someone said, oh, you drink that drink? That must mean everyone that looks like you drinks that same drink. No surprise that you're drinking that. No surprise that you're drinking that Frappuccino latte. No surprise that you're going to Starbucks because you're that group. The harm of that mindset is that what it does, it takes away from your unique identity. It takes away from you as a person. And what the problem is, is that when we take away the uniqueness from one individual, it starts to group everyone into one category. And that is where hate starts to begin. That is when unfairness starts to begin. That's when privilege starts to begin, because you start to get grouped into one category. And if we want to start reducing some of that hate, some of that violence, some of that injustice, we have to stop stereotyping and that means we have to start decategorizing people from groups and more as individuals. And that's why you always hear that cliché term, we're not racist, we're humans. Hey, that doesn't say we're not different. It's that we're humans first. It's We're humans first. So now that you've Stop the generalizations. <clears throat> now that you've learned more about yourself, <clears throat> and now that you learn more about other people, and you've been educated with the differences that exist around you, and then you take that those differences and don't generalize them across groups of people, it is time to accept them. It is time to accept them, and that is when healing truly begins.
0: Some of the information that we've talked about regarding code switching is how it exists, should it exist, and why it exists.
1: By spending so much time on cultural compatibility, what we do as a result is take away time from the things that matter most. When we could spend time with our loved ones, when we could spend time educating ourselves to make a world that's better for me, for you, and for your children. As we continue progressing in America, we can strive to give everyone space to be their true selves, because only then we can live in our truth and then we can be able to benefit from true diversity.
0: Um, We just wanna touch a little bit on some current events. Some elections will be taking place in New York City, New York State, and throughout the rest of the country. We just wanna emphasize how important it is for your voice to be heard in this way. I know that we say a lot about how we don't know what to do, And if you're feeling like you're not sure of what that looks like, this is it. This is one step in the right direction. A lot of states are allowing mail-in voting, Make the effort, because that can be the beginning of real change in this country.
1: Yeah, four years ago, when we were going through this exact same process, I was speaking to my sister. And again, my sister lives in the deep south of Georgia. And I still live in New York. And I asked her, did she vote? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, well, you know, I just, I don't usually vote. And you know, I just, it's not gonna make a difference. Well, guess what? The decision that was made in Georgia was the opposite of what she wanted to vote for. We noticed that the last election, that the difference between one, per, one candidate winning versus another was so small, so small, it does matter. If each individual just took the time to say, you know what, I have not only the power, I have the responsibility to make this nation the way we want it to be, then you have to vote. If you're getting up and you're protesting, go and vote. It's the same process. You get up, you go outside, and you stand with your fellow Americans, and then you vote. If you're not protesting, go out and vote. You don't have to be out there. You don't have to walk for miles on end. You can just vote.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Habitual Truth. We would love to hear from you on our Instagram at Habitual Truth Podcast. We would also love it if you subscribe to our podcast for any future conversations that you want to hear from us uh, on all streaming platforms. Yay! Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Habitual Truth. We sure do hope you enjoyed it.
1: If you have any questions or thoughts, reach out to us on Instagram at HabitualTruthPodcast. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. We upload an episode every other week, so be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.
0: Until next time, remember to speak up,
1: speak out, and, and speak your truth. truth.